0: You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast.
1: Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit.
0: What? You touched it! Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Now we're going to have to edit out your touch right at the beginning. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Winston. We're not ready. We're on. We're recording.
1: I was breathing heavily into this. And whose phone is that? That's yours. Oh, shit. It's my dad.
0: (laughs) No, no, we're going to keep all this and we'll just edit pieces here and there in. Because I think this is funny.
1: He's trying to call my kids. Tell him to call my. Anyway. Hi, I'm Catherine.
0: And today. uh, I can't believe
1: you're leaving this in.
0: Well, we're going to. You edit them, so it's whatever it is. Let's start over. We are starting over.
1: All
0: right. Yeah. Today, we've got Sarah Duma. She is a uh, slightly more than part time adventurer. Um, you know, even though ours is the part time adventure podcast. Sarah has pretty much made this into more of more of a vocation, we'll say. Like a uh what's another good word? A calling? Would it be a calling?
2: <laughs> I'm I'm kinda on a mini retirement from everyday life.
0: Or you've embraced real life at the expense of like Comfort. The, the, the Matrix Life. Sarah's been, is it like somewhere around 75 countries? Yeah. And does both through hikes and backpacking treks and does, is it, are you doing the CDT this year? Yes. Okay. Uh, CDT is Continental Divide Trail for uh, you muggles out there who aren't backpacking fans. Uh, goes from Mexico to Canada through the Rockies. And then the Pacific Crest Trail is Mexico go to Canada through the coastal mountain ranges, and the Adirondack or Adirondack Trail. I'm an idiot. Appalachian Trail goes uh, from Georgia to Maine in the Appalachian Mountains. So that's the big three. All together, they're the Triple Crown. So that's how these things work. Give a quick little background. Like obviously, uh, at a certain point, you were a normal person.
2: Yeah, I, I've always been an adventurer. I've used my, all my vacation time to go to exotic places and seek out new life and new civilizations. But um, in the end of 2015, I had a pulmonary embolism and that was a life-threatening thing that was very unfortunate. And when I was in the hospital, I thought to myself, I need to start checking off my hiking bucket list. So I really buckled down, started saving hard. And in August 2017, I left my work and I've been backpacking and traveling ever since.
0: Okay. So I guess... You basically before that you would fit things in. So, like, what yeah. kind of before before you sort of quit mundane muggle life? Um, and by the way, for those uh, who aren't aware, um, in Harry Potter they call non-magical people uh, muggles, uh, whereas I call um, non-outdoorsy, non-climber, non-backpacker people muggles. So you know people understand the uh, reference. Uh, so when you left the muggle life, um, obviously we'll we'll talk about sort of that and how you did it, but. Uh, before that, what kind of uh, adventures had you done? Um, and sort of how did you how did you make it work with a full time job?
2: I did have one big long leave of absence for eight months. I traveled around the world, and I did have a five month leave of absence where I spent four months on the Appalachian Trail and one month doing the Camino de Santiago, the the main Francis route. But other than that, all my other trips were just between one and three weeks at a time. So I would fit in something like Everest Base Camp, going to Madagascar and hiking around there, going to Ghana and uh, doing village to village trekking and uh, Venezuela, Colombia, Lost City hike, just anything that was new and exciting and I could fit it in under three weeks, I was up to try it.
0: Cool. When you sort of quit your regular job uh, and started pursuing this more as a lifestyle if you want to call it what have you done
2: the first thing I did was I walked one of the Camino de Santiago routes from Le Puy en Velay in France and I went down to the Spanish border and then I connected with some other Camino routes there and and walked there. And the reason why I started off with that because it's really easy terrain compared to the kind of stuff that you might expect in an American long distance trail and I was getting into shape. Um after that, I went to North Korea because that was something on my bucket list okay i'm
0: gonna stop you there (laughs) you went to fucking north korea yeah (laughs) okay so
2: (laughs) when was this again 20 in uh october not last year but the year 2016
0: no 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 2017 yep okay so so um uh aside from you know donald trump saying you know uh kim jong-un is a very good guy um
2: (laughs) He wasn't a good guy to him at that point when I went. Oh, okay. I know, that's the point. <laughs> okay, so, so take us
0: through how... Because I think a, a, a lot of people understand how you can fly to France and, you know, walk to Santiago, Spain. How you get into what's, for all intents and purposes, a open-air prison. Um, please tell us how that works.
2: Well... As long as you uh, do not hold a South Korean passport or an American passport and are not a member of uh, military or the press, you're allowed to visit North Korea. Now, you can't just go in on your own. You have to go with an organized group. Reason being is all groups need to be with two guides and one government monitor at all times. The government monitor is there to watch you and also to watch the other people who are interacting with you. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you're you're willing to kind of put up with those kind of strict conditions, you can go online and you can book a trip.
1: Were you doing social media at that time?
2: Uh, yeah, I was uh, posting on YouTube now. I had absolutely no internet access in North Korea, of course. They have their own internet. They sure. have the North Korea internet, but... <laughs> You're allowed to film. You're allowed to take photos of anything you want as long as it's not of the military or something that's under construction. Because if it's under construction, it's not finished yet. It's not beautiful. So they don't want the world to see because it's not ready. But other than that, um, it was pretty open. Um, you could chat with people if you wanted to. Most people uh, were very shy like the waitresses or the people who worked in the hotels, they really didn't want to interact with you very much. But the the guides were super friendly, especially once we drank some rice liqueur and some beer and got into the karaoke. <laughs>
0: cool. Yeah, that's actually uh, one of those ones that, that I don't think would ever be up on my list to go to. Probably because uh, like I'm attracted to sort of being free to go do whatever the hell you want. Uh, And I don't expect that's what you can do in North Korea.
2: No, you're like once you're in the hotel, you're tucked into the hotel at night and you kind of got a rundown of like where you were allowed to Hmm. to walk on your own. Like what kind of zone was was an open zone. Oh, wow. But um, so I toured for five days in the northeast and I did two days of day hiking there in the Chibo Mountains, which are absolutely stunning. Like if North, if North Korea was an open country, this, this area would be like prime central spots for resorts and mountain activities, but it was absolutely deserted when I was there. You know, you hear so much about uh North Korea and I wanted to see what the country was like for myself. I'd heard that the entire place was staged. I heard the entire place was like a big prison camp and you know, there are there are stuff where it does was very fake and put on for us, but there's mm-hmm. also a lot of authentic things that were happening too.
0: I think when you when you have like a, a dictatorship where where the culture is you know inundated to to sort of rat on their neighbors um it doesn't have to be uh quite as uh outwardly oppressive looking um as it would be over here you don't have to have just all guards everywhere with guns and you know it'd take a while for us to get to that point because we're used to a certain type of culture mm-hmm. but if if they've been that way forever you know for the you know like uh the the better part of the last 70 80 years then it's almost like people behave you don't have to guard them anymore they stay in the cage Mm (laughs) um other than the people who you know defect yeah so uh, after north korea what did you do
2: oh i went to new zealand and i hiked um the milford track the rootburn track and the kepler track I was very lucky because it was uh, the start of the season, so there was a lot of cancellation, so I was able to get spots because otherwise, you know, it's kind of like almost like a lottery situation or the the day that the permit becomes available, like eight months in the past, you have to be there on the computer. And so that was wonderful. It was just a a small taste of New Zealand, and Mm. I know I'll be back. I'll probably hike Terraria in the future. How long were you there for? Um, oh, like only like, like two weeks, two and a half weeks.
1: Not enough time. Yeah. Like yeah. I,
2: I finished one track and then wow. went to town, resupplied, and then I started another <laughs> track pretty much. Gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, then what did I do? I went, I was in Bali. Um, but that was more like relaxy. And then uh, I also did Annapurna Circuit in Nepal. I spent a month there. And it was really great. I did the full circuit. When people hear the circuit, they they usually just think of like doing the, um, the 12 or 14-day trek. But it, it does go much further than that. So once I left the big tourist trail right after the pass, things quieted down. And it became more authentic to me in a way. And then I walked um, Annapurna Sanctuary and uh, got up close to uh, Annapurna base camp. I didn't actually make it to base camp. I was two hours away, but uh, there was a blizzard rolling in and mm. I made a, made a decision that was probably not wise to push through.
0: Yeah, like probably Himalayan blizzards. <laughs>
2: uh, the first blizzard of the year too. Yeah. So no.
0: Yeah, because I've, I've gotten like mm. s- basically some Colorado blizzards up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. I've had Adirondack blizzards. I've had White Mountain blizzards and they've all been bad. -hmm. But I'm assuming like Himalayan blizzards are like a special kind of blizzard. Uh, (laughs) Do you ever have a problem keeping the different experiences organized in your head?
2: (laughs) All the time. Sometimes I forget what countries I've been to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) because
2: okay, I got a question. So, Sarah, when
1: you go on these trips, um, what do you seek something out of each one that's different, or are they all? the same objective um how do you yeah what's your motivation behind each trip is it
2: um well right now I'm just for for the international tracking I'm trying to do the ones that are the most epic I can find like the biggest open landscapes the the best kind of um untouched cultures oh, and nice. okay you know it raw and yeah yeah because because i know with many other places at times go on mm-hmm. it's going to be de- diluted down for mass tourism
1: okay she's got to talk to mark it. so we wow. saw him recently at the center of the center in the square so he's with national geographic and um he talked about how he got into the industry because he needed to start bringing some income for him and his family. But he mentioned there's a ton of uh, funding out there, especially for women, because somebody brought up the question of, you know, the, the you know, is there any gender inequity with respect to funding in these tracks and blah, blah, blah. He's like, actually, if you're a woman and you want to go somewhere that's completely like epic, it sounds like mm-hmm. there's funding for that. So he was explaining exactly how to do it and who to talk to,
2: or he'd be happy to yep. point you in that direction. Yeah, that's yeah. That very interesting. Because it, it is a, a male-dominated world, usually, yeah. when I'm out trekking. Yeah, and he was
1: talking about there was one particular route out in the Himalayas.
0: We, yeah, because basically, he, cause he's a big wall climber. Um, and he found one in the Himalayas. We could look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically where. And from the top, he could see this valley and this lake and all this stuff that... Based on all of his talking to the the people in the villages around, nobody has ever been to. Right. And so, and it it wouldn't require the big technical climbing. Mm -hmm. He took, you know, as rock climbers, we tend to take the hard way up stuff. (laughs) Uh, Usually there's a way around. Um, And, you know, so you could go over the mountain pass rather than straight up the vertical rock face. But, you know, and he's like, yeah. And you know what? That thing's probably still sitting there. Nobody's explored it yet. Yeah. Um, And he's
1: basically saying somebody would fund that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, Nat Geo. Or, oh, yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. Like Nat Geo is always basically like when you see all these different stories, um, they're funded. Like they just yeah. go, oh, okay, that would make a cool story or a cool TV show. You know, because they get the TV channel now. Or in the case of like the Free Solo movie with Alex Honnold, that would make a cool movie that's gonna get nominated for a fucking Oscar now. Yeah, and then they basically just go and. You know, give you some funding and you go on a crazy-ass expedition. but And the key is you got to come back with pictures and write stories Mm -hmm. and shoot videos. Uh, But they'll send people with you. You know, it's not just that Mm -hmm. you might be kind of like the leader because you put the expedition together. But you don't have to be the one uh, who's like the videographer and the writer and the photographer. You know, if you happen to be, that's cool. But, yeah. You can just be the on-air talent. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. so that, that that is kind of a cool thing, like if you're uh, the avenues that are open.
2: It, it's very interesting um, the difference that women hikers are perceived over male hikers because male hikers don't get asked, what do your parents think of you doing this? Or what does your husband think of you, like, what does your wife think of you doing this? Oh, they ask but, what
0: uh, they think my husband, you know, thinks of what <laughs> I'm doing. But, you know, it's but, a different story.
2: But um, some, sometimes I read very young on the trail, so they think I'm a lot younger than I am. And they're like, is your mom okay with it? What does your dad think? And I'm just like, like... I don't care what they think. I'm I'm my own person. I'm going to do what I want to do to make myself happy. Of course, you know, I, uh, I I know they just want me to be safe, but, you know, I don't need their permission. I'm my own person.
1: But what I think is really cool, we were talking earlier, is you're married, and, and so, uh, you know, you're going on some treks and quite often for, you know, away for some time. And I don't think a lot of other relationships would do that. And, and I, I think it's... I applaud the fact that you guys are able to do that, you know, Um, because too many relationships and I, and I've seen this, you know, where people sacrifice a lot and, um, you know, at the end of the day they lose a little bit of themselves. Right. And um, I mean, it's not their anybody's fault. It's just what you're you're doing your best, but you're doing it and you're enjoying and yet you're able to maintain a relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. That's unusual and i think that that offers uh
2: well because our relationship started out a little different than most because um i met my husband soon after I came back from uh, international development program I was involved with in Vietnam. And so that's when I had the fire lit that I wanted to see more of the world. And when we first started dating, he knew that from the start, I warned him, and I was saving up money for my first big trip around the world. And so um, that was going to be uh, 10 months to a year in length that we were gonna be apart, and he was cool with that. Uh, and I actually came back after eight months because I missed him too much yeah we've we've been we've been through these absences and we've survived. He just kind of buckles down with his boys and does baseball trips. Gotcha. so yeah, I'm fine with that yeah. So what are the most epic dreams that you have right now? Well, I have a very full hiking schedule for this year. Um, I'm around for. Uh, like a month and a half is a very long time for me to be home because I had oral surgery on a broken tooth. Um, But as soon as that is healed, I'm going to be off until probably pretty much next Christmas and I'll only be home for maybe four or five days at a time in between. And so uh, I'm going to do a um, one week trip with my mom and my aunt to Curacao in the Caribbean. So That's not really a hiking trip. We're just renting an apartment and touring around the island and doing some day hikes. And then um, my husband and I are going to Greece together. And because it's February in Greece, not so much hiking there, but maybe some day hikes, maybe a little bit of village to village. And then um, soon after, I'll be doing the Israel National Trail. So I'm going to walk on foot the entire length of Israel. And it's going to be challenging because... The first two days are the the hardest days of the entire track. And that's in the desert and it's canyon stuff and it's supposedly very rough. From other people who have done the trail, they said it was rougher terrain than they've experienced on any of the three big American long-distance hikes. But uh, it'll be a challenge. And then I'll be home for maybe five days and then I'll leave to do the Continental Divide Trail, which is five months of crossing America. and then. Home for a few more days. Then um, my husband and I are going to hike the West Highland Way in Scotland, and that's going to be probably bed and breakfast to bed and breakfast because mm-hmm. he's not so much a tent guy. And then I'll do some walking on caminos in Spain and then fly to Australia and do uh, the Bibloman track, which is in the southwest, kind of um, dry. Dry hut to hut hiking, and uh, then to end the year, I'll be hiking in Turkey on the Lishan Way, which is kind of coastal mountains and um, small villages.
0: That's a lot. I know. I you know. know. How do you return But I have.
2: I have to plan it out because otherwise, I I go. It's it's too hard with all the flights to like kind of book as I go. So I have to do plan yeah. it all right now.
0: So so it's one of those things with the CDT. You got like a window.
2: Yes. Right. Yeah. I have to look at the time of year.
0: Yeah, but but you also run into the thing where it's like you've given yourself five months. Yeah. So if it takes you. Uh, f-
2: it took me six months on the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah. And so I'm planning to CDT in five months. Yeah. So like you're gonna have so to go like an animal. I have to uh, cut <laughs> down on my drinking in town.
0: you know because you can drink on the trail i've done that before (laughs) you know you put put you've got a
2: method
1: to that
0: this is this is where you do the booze math uh and so far 90 uh, percent not proof but 180 proof uh moonshine that's illegal uh from kentucky that i've had uh because the alcohol is the part you want because that's what you get the buzz from right you don't get the buzz from the 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 (laughs) amount of water in the the alcohol, right? So, like, if you take beer, it's mostly water, and you got five percent alcohol. You take wine, it's about twelve percent alcohol. Well, if you, you know, want want the maximum amount of buzz to the minimum amount of weight, uh, then you get the ninety percent alcohol, um, like moonshiny kind of like you'll go blind shit. You put a little bit, like uh, uh, an ounce or two, at the bottom of an Nalgene bottle. Then uh, some crystallite powder, you know, whatever flavor you like. And then the rest with your, you know, Sawyer filtered water. (laughs) Uh, And now you have, like, trail fruit punch that will uh, basically both hydrate and fuck you up at the same time. (laughs) With the minimum amount of weight carried. Right? So, this is where the the booze math is super important. (laughs) Um, Right? Because, like, do you do the food math? Like, you know like 125 calories per uh, per ounce of food is what you kind of target for.
2: Um my trail diet is a very poor diet that I do not recommend to ever anyone because I I don't like to carry a lot of weight, I'm an ultralight backpacker. Yeah. So I just end up eating a lot of uh candy and corn chips. A lot. Like I, well, it, sometimes it, I don't even have meals. I just eat that.
0: Yeah, it's calorically dense.
2: Yeah, exactly. The highest calories, sugar rush I can get.
0: Yeah, I guess the, the only the only difference. So what's
1: fueling these tracks is yeah. a candy addiction.
2: Oh yeah, My, that, yeah. That's why that's why I have the tooth pulled out. I probably broke it on frozen candy.
0: Uh, yeah, because the thing that I run into uh, is I eat stuff on the trail that I wouldn't like i basically if i ate in real life like it's i true. did on the trail i would weigh 450 pounds <laughs> uh, you know cuz i'm i'm the human garbage d- disposal uh, and you're just looking for the stuff that is calorically dense as possible so chocolate nuts uh all sorts of like cured dried meats that are going to give us all cancer uh
2: shortbread cookies oh yeah cookies. so much fat in those um
0: add butter to everything like you know and uh, these are little dirt bag you know tips like uh any place you go into that has like a diner or whatever that has the little packaged uh butter or the little packaged um jams or peanut butter <laughs> you just take the entire you know it's got the little caddy that you carry it all in you just <laughs> dump the entire thing in your bag or pocket them all, you know, in your cargo short pockets or whatever it is you're wearing. Um, uh, you just make sure that when you walk out of a place, you have all the butters, all the jams, <laughs> all the peanut butters. <laughs> so, one of the things that I, that I thought was interesting is that you do um, Caminos, mm-hmm. uh, which basically, for for people that don't know, there there are pilgrimage treks in Europe. Um, they used to start as purely religious pilgrimages but now they're kind of like just treks or finding yourself it's 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 expanded from just being purely a religious pilgrimage Mm -hmm. um and essentially you walk from town to town you stay in what's effectively a hospital hospital a hostel and then you also do through hikes right like the at and the pct where you're you know, carrying all your food and you're carrying your accommodations and, you know, you're up and down mountains and you have to filter your water and, you know. Uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of the difference between the two. You obviously are doing both fairly regularly. Yeah. So you seem to enjoy them. Um, like, and and this is my bias coming in, but I've always seen the, the Caminos as kind of like an old lady through hike. Right? Like, because, and you yourself said, like, the average age of people doing them is 65.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, what attracts you to those? Because you're, you know, maybe you look, you're older than you look, but you're still not 65. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, what attracts you to those versus the, you know, I know what attracts people to the, the you know, the, the long distance through hiking. Um, or at least I know what attracts me to it. Um so so let 's talk a little bit about the two uh, and why you do both and what you get out of them
2: well with with the Camino routes, it's um, it's it 's more like a more like a holiday it 's kind of like my through hike holiday time. Because I'm still walking, I'm still putting miles on my feet, um, seeing different landscapes. Most of those landscapes are countryside. There are some wild areas that I do walk through depending on which Camino it is, but majority of it is countryside. But I like knowing in the morning I can get a beautiful cafe con leche. And I like knowing at the end of the day, um, I usually can get a hot shower. I'm usually in a bed mm. and um, I can have a glass of red wine or a cold beer. And so that's, you know, it just kind of makes makes it like, like a vacation. Um, but with a through hike, um you you get your enjoyment out of the challenge of it you you get the enjoyment out of being self-reliant carrying everything you need and being you against the wilderness um and it's funny because when when i'm through hiking i yearn for the camino and when i'm on the camino i'm like (laughs) oh man i just wish i had my tent so uh, I, I think there's room for both. You don't have to be one or the other. And um, it's and when I'm on the Camino and I talk about through hiking, people are amazed. And then when I when I'm through hiking and I talk about the Camino, people are always intrigued about that too. So I, I think once the word gets out there or when maybe the current crop of thru-hikers get a little older, they'll be doing a lot of more Caminos because more and more Camino routes are opening up every year. So um, the idea was you left from your house and you made a pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela where the remains of St. James are held. And so your house could be anywhere in Europe. So there's Camino routes in Germany and Italy, all over the place. and um, it's great for tourism for these regions and so they're they're um, painting these yellow arrows because you follow yellow arrows like the white blazes on the appalachian trail everywhere and then the villages are setting up places for people to sleep so it might on the popular routes it's like hostels but um on the unpopular routes that I, i choose to walk now it's um Usually, just like a, a bed in a town hall kind of thing. It's just mm. like a, a place to crash for the night, mm. and it's fairly basic. Um, but mm. some villages are trying to do other villages, and they're really <laughs> stepping up their game by, you know, having like washing machines available.
1: Oh wow! And so they're all going to the same destination.
2: Yeah, they're they're gotcha. all going towards um, Santiago. They're all pointing okay. that way. So What is it about start.
0: St. James that was such a such a draw? There's got to be other saints around where it's like, you can, you can, you know, but, but it seems like everything goes to Santiago.
2: Yep. Everything, that's, that's the direction everyone goes.
0: Yeah, like, I'm going <laughs> to have to look into that, because now my history curiosity is all ramped up.
2: It's because... um you know, the, because the the Muslims were invading in the Iberian Peninsula, and but oh, the remains of Saint James are over in Santiago, so let's have the Knights Templar in there to protect and free those areas so the pilgrims can get there.
0: Now it's like getting into conspiracy theories. That's no, awesome. that's,
2: that's really. <laughs> what oh yeah, happened. yeah, no, no, no. But you know, the Knights
0: Templar, and you know, then yeah. they get you There's know, like Templar. Black Black Friday, or mm-hmm. not Black Friday, but Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, was unlucky now because uh, that was the day that uh, king and the pope, and I can't remember the specific kings, but um, they made up charges theoretically uh, against the Knights Templar and had them all arrested and executed. Oh, history's awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like I, I never really sort of considered that, though, because you've done, uh, when you did the AT in 2014, then, and, and, and I was telling you about this earlier, where because, you know, I did the AT when I was younger, um, it has, you know, tainted, tainted, tinted, not really tainted, uh, but tinted everything in the sense that, you know, most people who would go into a Camino uh, from, like, regular life it would be, like, one of the hardest things they've ever done. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. you've done, you know, a, a rugged through hike where you actually had to filter your water and make your own mm-hmm. camp and make your own food and da-da-da-da-da, and there was no shower and red wine and a bed, you know, and, and baguettes and, and, you know, nice coffee shops and, you know, all that kind of stuff at the beginning and the end of each day. Because you've experienced that, it sort of reframed what would be one of the hardest things you did into the vacation.
2: Yes,
1: yeah.
0: Right? Speaking
1: but, of type 2 fun, what has been the most challenging for you and how have you you know dealt with it
2: one thing I don't like, and even thinking about the Continental Divide Trail, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like this, is uh, river crossings in the springtime. Mm. Because you don't know what kind of snow melt is going to be happening, uh, depending on temperatures. And I'm I'm a solo hiker. I'm by myself. And so when I get to a river, I have to, you know, scout out, up and down the river, try and figure out what is going to be my safest crossing, mm-hmm. and... Um, then you know get wet and hope i don't slip on a rock and get swept away because if that happens you know i don't think anybody would ever find me again i'd be i'd just be gone
0: so here's the thing uh first off uh when you do river crossings pack undone
2: yes yeah yeah, i do that so you can yeah
0: because i've had one case where crossing solo uh so stripped down so that I didn't, you know, get all my, I packed all my clothes in the dry bag. So, and I, and I had my, uh, uh, keen sandals on, uh, now I don't really take the Keens; I'll take something else, but you know, a camp shoe, uh, for the crossing. So my actual, my actual shoes didn't get wet. And then I got wiped out by the river and, but I had my belt still on. So it's so picture this sandals, underpants and a belt. <laughs> <laughs> and with, a, like, a uh, basically a knife with a pouch uh, on the belt. Uh, so I had a fire starting kit with me. Mm-hmm. I'd fallen down and fall in a mountain stream, got washed out by the current. My pack, I got out of it, got out of the water, uh, and basically started a fire and then started a second fire about six feet away so I could spit roast myself in between the two to dry off. Uh, Then went, oh, this is going to be fucking embarrassing once I was not going to die. And then in nothing but my underpants started following the stream downstream because I knew, you know, in a bunch of miles it would cross a road and then I would have to hitchhike into town in my underwear.
2: (laughs) so
0: your pack was lost because <laughs> well, i got out of it like i had it undone i got out of it it got washed down the stream but <gasps> oh. luckily walking down i found my pack hung up on some like deadwood oh. a few miles down the stream
2: <laughs> wow
0: I, I dragged it out got dressed again
1: and what were the temperatures like
0: uh it was like maybe five celsius oh so was, no and it was overcast oh. and breezy oh. <laughs> So, if I were, like, like, we would just say, you know, I had serious nipple action going on. Like, it was, uh, if you if you remember George Costanza, um, you know, it was shrinkage. It was just not good. <laughs> it is funny about the cold, right? Big nipples and then cold. Uh, never mm-hmm. mind. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you can, uh, I don't recommend it to anybody, but it turns out that if you, if you, uh, the trick is that if you do get washed away in the current, get your feet aimed downstream, like turn yourself so that your feet are pointing downstream mm-hmm. so they're like the shock absorber, You know, so you don't run into anything with your head. And then you actually, with your arms, can actually just by angling, adjust your, your drift across the current, and it washes you over to the shore enough mm-hmm. that you can grab something and get out. Hmm. So, yeah.
1: Just try it sometime, you know. Yeah, practice. Simulate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was, there was this one glacier stream that I had to cross that was moving very, very fast. and um, it was it was not a cool crossing. And it, the worst thing about it was downstream was a dead horse. So a horse had tried to cross and died, and its body had swollen up so large. I thought it was a big round boulder. Because at first I thought, oh, there's a boulder down there. Maybe I'll hop on that and get over the stream. Oh, my gosh. And then when when, the, when I found out it was a dead horse, I was like, okay, now I got to like really be careful crossing this place. And where was that? It was in uh, Washington State on the Pacific Crest Trail.
1: Wow. So I remember in that movie Wild <clears throat> where Cheryl strayed. She yeah. comes to that point, I think, the first few days in the desert. Where she comes to a well, a water well, and it's completely empty, or a tank. Mm
2: -hmm. Like, do people die of lack
1: of water? Like, Um, uh,
2: on the PCT, you're probably hikers are are going to help you out. Yeah, like I've given water to people. Lots of my friends have given water to people, and if Mm -hmm. we weren't around, then yeah, those there They're there's death there unfortunately there's deaths on the trail every year. There is a hiker that died near the beginning of the trail and it was um a cardiac event brought on from dehydration mm.
0: yeah like if you don't have experience in the desert mm. and you underestimate it mm-hmm. um it can fuck you up mm-hmm. like no two ways about it uh but I think you you do run into that thing where we're for as rugged as it is and as, you know, remote and wild, um, most people make it through. It's like the lady a few years ago on the AT who basically went off the trail to pee.
2: Oh, in Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and it's like, as somebody who teaches like wilderness survival and navigation and all these types of classes, it's like, oh, you, you read her journal. Like, the the list of, of preventable mistakes, of not having compass, not having maps, not having GPS, not having satellite communication system, not, you know, basically having a uh, backtrack way to the trail, right? So that you... Um, something as simple as put your pole in with, like, a colorful bandana around it. So, you know, from a bit of a distance, you can see the trail. If you sort of get turned around, you can... Oh, there it is. Because you don't have to be that far to pee. Um, hell, you don't have to be that far to dig a <laughs> most, hole and take a dump.
2: <laughs> most most people just turn turn their back on the trail and just Pretty pee much. right off the trail. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: You know. Well, that's do. fine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, with that one, it's the kind of thing where I think it's the thing with, you know, particularly the through hikes. Because our friend Kaylee. Uh, she ran into the thing where she just went and hiked the PCT kind of that life reset, but she never backpacked before that. (laughs) Right. So it was, she read some stuff, got some gear and then was a backpacker, you know, like a through hiker, understanding the pitfalls and the dangers that can happen. Um, the amount of people where it's like, uh, whether it's a bucket list thing, but they're not, you know, they've never done a weekend backpacking trip.
2: Yeah, I I met quite a few. I've met quite a few people at the start of trails that have never spent the night in in their tent. They never even set up their tent before. It was the first time. Yeah, (laughs) They've never even lit their stove. No idea what they're doing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that. And maybe maybe it's one of those things where on the one hand, I tell people to, you know, hey, you'll figure it out. Right, like you know, uh, you know, there, there's that part of me where it's like you want to get people like overcoming their fears.
1: Yep.
0: Um, but on the other hand, you want to do some, you know, like you 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 want to be like at least have a modicum of preparedness, Mm-mm. right? You know how to set up your tent. You know, you've slept in your backyard a couple times, so you know what it feels like to sleep outside. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, these sleeping pad things. It's not like my Tempur-Pedic mm-hmm. memory foam mattress and oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like you've got that kind of thing worked out. It's like, okay, well, I'm a side sleeper and I need to put my sweater between my legs. Mm-hmm. You know, between my knees cuz my back hurts and you know whatever the hell shit you got going on. Like having sort of those basics worked out. Um, even how to pack your pack. Uh, like the number of people I see that every time they pack their pack it's different. right like no 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 (laughs) (laughs) like because if you pack it different you don't know where anything is i'm speaking to you owen um you know shout out to owen and katie and turkey uh but yeah like because i would assume no you know correct me if i'm wrong but when you pack your pack does everything go exactly in the same place every time
2: pretty much yeah yeah so i know exactly where it is and, and you could you could un- and, and it's most optimal for carrying on my back too.
0: yeah feels you know.
2: feels most comfy so you have the people that aren't too prepared then there's people that are way too prepared uh, there's oh. people at the mexican border that had their bear canisters and their ice axes and their um their uh micro
1: spikes spikes mm. with them
2: for the start of the desert And they're like, I'm going to just carry it the whole way because I don't know when I'm going to need it. And it's like, but why? You can send it ahead. It's so unnecessary. You're putting extra strain on your body for no reason to carry snow equipment in the desert. And um, some of these people, they also were carrying 9 to 10 days worth of food for a section that um, I, I think I started with like, Two cliff bars and a couple snacks because I knew that I could get a hamburger at the end of the day if I walked twenty miles the first day. Mm -hmm. And but they they had packed way too much and then they were struggling. Like there's people who turned around after a few miles and said, I gotta go back and I was like, Oh, it was breaking my heart.
0: Well, see this this is another little tip. Um if you're willing to travel Uh, Go to the beginning of any of the trails. Um, You know, we'll we'll say like the first three days worth and you can get so much free gear because the people who go, oh, my God, I have too much shit. And then they're like hiker boxing so much stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, Yes. It's (laughs) true. It's true. I hardly had to buy any food uh, when I started the trail because the hiker boxes were just overflowing with stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, and this is the thing. It's like if you want to do the trail on a budget, like buy as you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't, don't, you know, obviously there's going to be some spots, like on the, particularly in the PCT, where you do need to mail stuff. No. No?
2: No, you can buy as you go the whole way if you're okay with maybe like one stretch eating like gas station food. But yeah. they stock it for Hypers. Oh, yeah, but,
0: but then remember, you are the, the candy Yeah, candy I do eat a lot of candy. Chips. So yeah.
2: it's all And good. You,
0: you also do that's a, another interesting thing. You don't cook. No. Uh, so take yes. us through that. Because like we both do the stoves. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. You know, I've done alcohol oh. stoves and the uh, jet boils and pocket rockets. Um, and. On most of the... Getting gas canisters or something to burn an alcohol stove isn't a problem on any of the trails. Um, but let's hear... I like some hot food, you know, a warm drink.
2: So on the Appalachian Trail, I, I used Esbit tabs, mm. which was barely a stove. Like, I don't... Like, it's just a, a solid fuel tab you light with a lighter. And put then... Your pot on top. And then, yeah, I had a pot the size of a very small mug. And... I hated waiting for that stuff to rehydrate. I just wanted to go to bed. It was cold. Maybe it was raining, but I was out there waiting for the stuff to, to boil or rehydrate. And so for the Pacific Crest Trail, I was like, okay, that's it. No more cooking. So maybe my food is a little bit heavier because I don't... The only thing I rehydrate is mashed potatoes because those are great cold. You don't need any hot water, but it's just <laughs> more It's more convenient. It's just way more convenient because you can have stuff like tortilla wraps and you Mm -hmm. can uh, buy hummus or peanut butter or or honey and you can stuff it full of good stuff like uh, a cut-up sausage. And that's hearty enough for me. Yeah, I don't need a
0: Mountain House Chili Mac. Yeah, I would often do the thing of just warm dinners. Um, But that's just sort of generally I eat. uh, And even on my most backpacking trips now, uh, it's
1: comfort food
0: is morning is bars and trail mix and whatever shit tortillas. Mm-hmm. Uh, lunch is the same kind of just trail food and dinner. I'll have something warm and I'll have a hot drink mm-hmm. if it's cold out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll often do the thing where, uh, like one of my favorites is, you know, you just carry a one pound can of or jar of peanut butter And once you've eaten the first little bit, whether you put it on anything or you just ate it direct, then you start throwing candy, like M&M's and stuff, in the peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you get the chocolate M&M's, put them in peanut butter, and then you scoop up M&M's covered in peanut butter. Now you kind of have, like, extra chocolatey Reese's Pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, of course, you can do the tortilla with peanut butter, and then you put a handful of trail mix in oh, it.
1: oh i've got the breakfast special okay i love oatmeal with a little bit of brown sugar and cinnamon but the best is like peanut like a trail mix mm-hmm. peanuts and chocolate it is amazing we did that when we yeah. went to utah so that's how well I that's oatmeal. what
0: you did you know last <laughs> yeah. like unboxing week when we were down in pennsylvania well, it's too. the only
1: way i have my oatmeal now yeah with the nuts and chocolate <laughs>
0: You know, it adds some calories. It's yummy. It's got some crunch.
1: I think it's funny that it's only on backpacking trip trips that I'll ever eat pepperettes, which I hate. Yeah. It's pretty and much ramen noodles. I I, yeah. I think they're disgusting. But on a trip, I'm like,
2: mmm, salt.
0: It's salt and carbs. Give me more salt and carbs. Let me rub them on myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the foil packages of tuna are a game changer. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, so they, much, they come you, in all the flavors. You can't get them up here. I know, I know. They have, like, Chipotle ranch. <laughs> we I know, just, I, I just bought some. they in my trip. My oh, yeah,
0: like, <laughs> yeah, like, we, we could not resist. We stopped at the Walmart, and we played both the Get Backpacker Food, because Walmart is the best place for backpacker food. How and,
1: much was it for ramen noodles? A pack of 12.
0: Uh, we got the pack of 12 for two bucks. Yeah. Uh, and then we also played the game of Spot the People of Walmart. <laughs> I like and because when you walk out of a place, and and Catherine to this, like as we were leaving, you know we had to go to the bathroom. So as she came back from the bathroom, I just looked at her and went, "We should live in this town because we're hot here." <laughs> <laughs> like we are the hottest people in this building.
2: <laughs>
0: I love this area. Like I love you know that sort of that southern belt, but they right. right. <laughs> Hand the good guns so you know. Let's hope they don't listen. Let's hope
1: they. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a big question: Is what made you snap and say, "I got to do this now," and and financially make it work?
2: Well, you know, I I figure I'm, I'm not getting any younger, and so it's better with a younger body for wear and tear, putting all these these miles miles on it, and um. I don't know what the future is going to bring. And if I'm going to be doing like... One big six month through hike. I might as well do all the ones I want to do now before looking for a new job. It's just going to be easier than mm-hmm. you know trying to start start up somewhere else and then work there for a and leave and work there for a bit and leave. Let's just do it all right now. And so, well, then I thought, okay, I need to start saving. So you know, I have my savings for my job, and then I started doing some side hustles to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make some extra income. So I was doing mystery shopping. I did mystery shopping. For for different bu- different types of businesses where um, I was paid to kind of evaluate their services. And so that's a fun gig as well as focus groups. If I qualified for a focus group, then I'd be paid um, 70 to to $100 for a couple of hours giving my opinion on a new logo for a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started opening up a lot of credit cards and closing the credit cards after some time to take advantage of bonuses. So I racked up a lot of airline miles. Nice. So, and those are always fluid and they're always fluid. Okay. Yeah. So uh-huh. there's different kind of forums and uh, websites on the internet where you can find out that information. Unfortunately, our neighbors to the south, they have way better deals than us Canadians, mm. but there are some some good deals out there. For example, I signed up for a Best Western credit card, and the amount of points that it came with equaled seven and a half stays at the uh, Best Western Fallsview uh, Casino Hotel, right across from the Fallsview Casino nice so seven and a half free hotel stays just for saying yes i want this credit card yep yep
1: gotcha interesting interesting so uh what is what is the amount of money you need in a year to travel like what's the minimum ish
2: Um, um like if you were the most frugal person you're doing couch surfing and you're really not you know you're you're really not doing too much i think 500 american a month is the like the bare minimum yeah. you can get a, get away with what's conservative what would be like for realistically yeah you're probably like and i'm not talking about any bills at home you're probably looking at like a thousand american mm-hmm. a month
0: yes yeah, so like okay. 12 1300 canadian
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. anyway let's talk gear yeah favorite backpack
2: yeah, I, I don't have one right now. Um, so
0: when you did when you did the PCT, what, what was your backpack?
2: Arc Blast, and I wasn't happy with it. Or no, no, sorry, that was the AT uh, PCT for part of it. I had a Z Z-Pax Nero, which they don't make anymore. Or uh, sorry, a zero. Now they have the Nero and the zero, and I had the catabatic Nick, and uh, it's it's some problems with it too. So I haven't found a perfect backpack.
0: Um, and then tent
2: oh six moons design skyscape X. i've been using it since 2013 it's cuban fiber tent weighs uh 15 ounces um there's been some wear and tear on it uh some holes to patch up and stuff but i really like the design it's super stable in the wind so i don't i don't even think i want to switch to anything else ever again
0: yeah and when you're talking a one pound tent that's uh, amazing
2: how much is mine three three and a half that's pretty cool yeah I should set it up for you sometime. It's, Check it out. They, unfortunately, they don't make it anymore. Well, so they, they do. Bunch, they do
0: uh, a different version of it. Now.
2: They do it in still nylon, not in the. Um, oh, did
0: I do it in Cuban anymore?
2: Uh, no, but they or the,
0: Dyneema or whatever Dyneema
2: composite fabric. Uh, yeah, they they may bring it back to their line in the future, but right now it's not available.
0: Yeah, because I know Z Packs do. They're like duplex, and but yeah. the, the thing that sucks with those because I've played with one is they're not freestanding. So, if you don't stake it out and you've got, like, the pole mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Uh,
2: you need eight You need eight stakes. Yeah. My tent isn't freestanding, but I only need five. Actually, I only need three, really, to make it stable. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I think it's a better design. Yeah. And the Z-Packs, I find it hard to crawl in and out of. It was hurting my knees. I, I had a Z-Packs uh, tent, and I didn't like it.
0: Yeah, like and that it's one of the issues you do run into when you're pushing the bleeding edge of lightweight. It's like, yes, it's light. Like, it's awesome in your pack because it doesn't weigh anything. Yeah. But you always have to... There's always some sort of compromises you're making. It's funny. We don't run into that with the hammocks, though. Because, like, on the hammock side of things, because um, any of the Eastern, North American stuff, we generally do hammocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... You know, like the the ultralight whoopee slings, no real downside to those. Cuban fiber tarps over a hammock, Mm -hmm. right? There's not really any downside. The ultralight, you know, like hammocks are one of the places where you can, you might sacrifice a few ounces just having a big enough hammock that you can be comfy in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But all of the gear that goes with it, uh, you can have like stupid, stupid light. And you've really not had to sacrifice a lot uh shoes favorite shoes
2: um right now the solomon odyssey pro because it has a wide toe box and it's developed for long distance hiking and i can put about 700 miles on them before i need to replace them
0: yeah this is pretty solid do you run trekking poles or no trekking poles?
2: Yes. I use um, the Black Diamond Women's Trail Poles. Yep. Uh, they're aluminum. They're heavier than the carbon fiber stuff. but uh, They're I'm indestructible. Ho- <laughs> yeah. I'm hard on my poles. And if I have a misstep, I want my pole to bend rather than snap. Mm.
0: Yeah. As I- a dude, is there any specific gear as a woman that you kind of like would steer somebody towards?
2: Well, the reason why I have the women's pole is because it's lighter than the men's because yeah. it's not as long. Because I'm 5'8". I don't need, like, a really long trekking pole. Like so me. If you're, so if you're 5'8", you're then try, there's no reason not to have the women's poles.
0: That's right. That's why I run the women's sleeping pad. Yeah, <laughs> <at five> <laughs> same thing. I sleep on my, like, the women's sleeping pad's 5'6". Yeah. I'm 5'8". If I'm on my side with my knees bent a little bit, I'm, like, about 5'5". Five, five I'm perfect on that pad, and I save a little bit of weight. Actually, no, you don't save any weight. It's actually just warmer, mm-hmm. higher R value for the same weight.
1: Mm-hmm. I got a question. What's your safety blanket? What helps you get through those challenges? For me, it's water. I suck back my water when I'm scared.
2: When you're scared, yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's, it's a, a problem.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you drink water when you're scared? Uh,
1: not normally, <laughs> but when That's I'm an a, odd one. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm backpacking, not when I'm scared or when I'm like hard, like going up a mountain. I'm like. <sniffs>
0: Like, somehow, like, it's oh. going to, like, increase your VO2 max. And, well, it, you know, well it's, it's it
1: makes me get through ooh, it. Yeah. Ooh, and, I, and, and when I was crossing that ledge, yeah. going over it, I had my water. Coming back, I did not. I, 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 had a, I was hyperventilating after that track for, like, five minutes. I think it's because I didn't have my
0: water. Yeah, and see, this is, this is one of those things where <laughs> people who have listened to previous episodes will, will sort of get. I didn't stop and film. Catherine having a freak out <laughs>
2: but i did um uh,
0: film ryan almost crying at the top of that climb so Stop. you know uh, it's it's a thing that we run into where it's like we can see where where uh obviously i'm nicer to Catherine than i am to ryan
1: <laughs> yeah so do you have a safety blanket or something that um
2: socks shirt i don't know <laughs> not uh, not really um maybe i just talk to myself out loud <laughs> <You know. laughs> and then it and then it makes things easier yeah yeah uh because usually when i'm doing scary things i'm by myself so no one can hear but gotcha so I, you're talking I'm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying to yourself
0: You got this.
2: (laughs) No, I I think I kind of talk to myself more in like a baby talk kind of way. Do you really? Yeah.
0: You're good enough. You can do it. Kind of
2: like, like it's okay, Pookie. Come on, it's okay, Pookie. Yeah, 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 Pookie, doing good, doing good. You know, kind of like that. Oh, this is good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we we all need our ways. We all need our ways. (laughs)
1: What's yours? what's mine yeah oh food well that's, uh, that's what you always fantasize about. <laughs> yeah i'm always fantasizing about food when i'm on the
0: trail it's like what i'm gonna eat when i get to town there, there's kind of like a bit of a thing in my head that and i've run into this like that that section of trail that you keep talking about in utah like the the going over the waterfalls yeah. the ledge yeah it's one of those things where yeah it's sloping towards the the drop off and all that kind of stuff so you know it's not like it's not in my mind that there is a potential risk mm-hmm. but what gets me through is the fact that don't fall well okay th- th- it's an ongoing thing with this you know because we climb and all that kind of thing it's like if you don't want there to be a problem don't fall <laughs> uh, that's a, it's, it's sort of like that's a, it's, it's a way to succeed at life don't fall uh, but the, the thing that I found with that that sort of got me through it's like I guarantee you some 12 year olds done it
2: Mm, yeah, yeah yeah.
0: so it's like well I have no problem
2: yeah and on the PCT I think a horse can do this shit yeah. I can do it
0: yeah, yeah. you know yeah, yeah. well I know when you think too it's like uh, there's old people like old old people you know like I think the oldest person to do the AT is 87 there were right?
2: blind
0: people doing it yeah there was a yeah. girl like paralyzed with robotic legs doing it no no
2: that that wasn't true that turned out I'm, it was I, all a fraud.
0: i know now. i know okay good, good. i'm like don't
2: propagate because she's, st- she's still out kind of lying about
0: it i know um uh, sorry it's it's one of those it's like the alex jones kind of thing of the like the hiking world <laughs> it's like the alien the alien lizard people um yeah, like uh, basically it was this thing that everybody was like feeling great about. And it's like, no, nah, it's just a bunch of made up bullshit.
2: <laughs> and it was tough because even my coworkers were like, we're like, "Sarah, I saw on the news about this woman. She did the same hike as you, but she was paralyzed." And then it kind of like in a way diminishes what what you did because they think, "Oh, if she can do it, then it must not have been that hard for Sarah." And then people it gives a false sense of Security people like, oh, I can go out there with no training because at least my legs function, but it was all a fraud.
0: Yeah, but she was a robot. Robots could do way more than you.
2: <laughs> Are you just saying that because the overlords may be listening? <laughs> No, I've got a knee brace that actually makes
1: you yeah. <laughs> stronger. It's <That's> true. <laughs> when you do those deadlifts. It's lifts.
0: like the, the cybernetic girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the kid, but it's, it's one of these deals where... Oh. But so that that's actually an interesting thing. We do these things for our own reasons. But do you find yourself, like, when, when something like that happens, where you're like, No, no, but it really was hard. No, you got to understand.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh-huh. you have to acknowledge it. <laughs> no nah, i just think you know nothing Jon snow yeah and i just kind of uh, all right
0: you've seen that meme yeah i shared that all over the fucking yeah <laughs> yeah you know like that that it was just one of those things it's like that is the the why the non-hiking non-climbing world are muggles right because it is it, like it, I, I, it's it's not that they're bad it's just they don't understand. A, they don't understand why we do it. They don't understand mm-hmm. how hard it is. They don't understand what you get out of it. And that's sort of one of the things that I kind of find the thing where it's like, okay, they don't understand. That's fine. Like, I'm doing this for myself. And mm-hmm. I got to sometimes remind myself of that, you know, because it's like, no, no, like, seriously, like, what I did was hard. <laughs> mm. You couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> And then, then, you, then you have the thing of going, wait, what, what the fuck am I doing? I'm a grown man. It doesn't matter if they can do what I can do. And it's like, if I you know, can do things they can't or they can do things I can't, it's like, I can't dunk a basketball. It doesn't make me better than anybody. But it's like there, there's sometimes that weird kind of thing where you want them to, you know, just a, either a understanding that you did a thing. You know, just acknowledge that, oh, man, I couldn't do that. You know? And it's funny because anytime I hear somebody go, oh, I couldn't do that. It's like, my first response is, no, well, you know, if you did some training and you started working, you know, you know it's like, yeah, it's totally accessible. Like, it's really, you know, it's just one foot in front of the other. Like, and all of a sudden I turned into like a pep talk coach.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like people say, oh, with your travelings, you're so lucky. And it's like, luck had nothing to do with it. But do, do with it. I worked hard to save money and I'm funding this all myself and uh, I'm putting together all these trips myself and anyone else can do it too.
0: Yeah, well, Not- when um, it, yeah, when th- those people need it like a bitch slap, because uh, it's when they see like people see something, and I think it, it, it's a almost like a like a weakness. Oh, that's something somebody doing something that I I couldn't picture myself doing, right? And and making sacrifices I couldn't picture myself making, right? So then it, it's easier to equate luck, yeah, than it is to go that person's got their shit together Mm -hmm. they're doing a thing that i think is pretty cool Mm -hmm.
1: Um, i can't believe you've got all those trips lined up back to back (laughs)
0: like that actually just hearing that stresses me out like (laughs) don't get me wrong that would actually
1: exhaust me like i would be
0: happy to go do a trip that's the entire year long but the idea of being on one trip going okay and when i get back it's like how do you when you're actually on them like be present for the trip you're on. That's a
2: good question. Oh, there's a lot of downtime when you're walking. A lot of time up in your mind yeah. to kind of process everything.
0: You know, but it, but it's that thing of like it, it, enjoying the experience you're in in the moment. When you have like when you're done that, when you almost immediately have another experience.
2: Maybe I'm just chasing that post-trail depression away. Um, well, that's okay ask you about
0: that. Well, you never have one if you never stop. Exactly. Because <laughs> a few days off, like four or five days, even a week or two. Right when you know you have got another one, you know you're just getting back on. It might not be back on the trail, but it's back on a trail. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, like it's just a recovery week. You're just taking a, a few zeros in a row. <laughs> you know, when you think of a day when you're not hiking, like, and this is where sort of you've gotten into hiker mode. I'm <clears throat> um, not uh, hiking today. I'm just taking a zero.
1: So, do you think there could be addiction to this?
0: Well, fuck yeah, yes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, like heroin would be cheaper
2: <laughs> I'm addicted to walking like there's way worse vices in this world than that
0: <laughs> yeah like there, there, there is because there's a jonesing when you're not doing it you know oh. like there's a certain point when you're done you're like oh fuck thank god I'm done and then it's like it could be two days could be two weeks but there's sort of a point where you're like what am do I doing with my life like uh, uh i i I haven't walked anywhere, like
2: <laughs> oh, this is me not being able to exercise for weeks because of this oral surgery. Yeah. I'm going crazy, I'm like I cannot wait to get back into the gym and go back day hiking around the kitchener area, you know uh, craziness
0: yeah like uh, there there's sort of that thing of developing those habits, the human body is meant to move mm-hmm. you know and i think I think that's why there's almost something like about through hiking, Caminos, like anything where you're, you're traveling on foot, like touches something intrinsic and, and almost evolutionary. People on foot walked from Asia across the Bering Land Bridge and that's how North American, you know, early peoples came about, right? They walked mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. right? People went from Africa to everybody else. Nobody flew. Nobody took their goddamn Tesla. They walked mm-hmm. there. And think about like all the epic stories, but most of the epic stories, like think about Lord of the Rings, like this this multi billion dollar empire, It's a bunch of sh- little people walking. Yeah, right. Like they're, they're
2: they're out for a hike.
0: Yeah, but because it's a hike going somewhere, mm-hmm. like there's something in us about this going on a journey, right? Like and, and, and in a sense. If you think about people like and and the podcasts in general kind of encapsulate this all people are aside from like the meat vehicle we're moving around in is our stories right and and there is nothing more quintessential about the human experience than the journey story well every one of these treks is the journey story mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. every time we go, we put our backpack on, and even if it's going in a loop and getting back to the car,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's a journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And, like, the journey of going places on your two feet is so quintessentially human. Um, it is is the story that goes as far back in time as there is a story. Um, and I think, you know, in a weird way, I just had this little epiphany, so it's why I'm ranting. Uh like that is the 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 draw that we can't explain. You know, like I think going on a journey is what makes us the most human. Once we w- stepped beyond the point of throwing our poo at each other, um <laughs> which now only the Germans do, we run into the thing where where it's human connection and walking places. Like that's fundamentally what makes us human beings. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, I've always, uh, and I could be full of shit, because sometimes I am. Um, A lot of times I am. But, like, that's, when I'm always thinking about, like, what is it, like, why being, you know, tired and sore and wet and hungry and, you know uh fantasizing about a shower mm-hmm. you know and we've talked about how you know when you when you sort of deprive yourself of things then you appreciate mm-hmm. them yeah yeah right like you like if you've been on the trail for a week and you're grimy like so much that, that like it's not just that you're dirty on the skin but like your pores need to be cleaned out you know yeah. like
1: what do you fantasize about Sarah, on the trail like when you're
2: you're like oh i just want this shower beers yeah taking a hot shower with a cold beer That's with the the cold beer and the. Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah! My thing. I take shower beers even into town. I've done that before. That's cool all the time. That's cool, and sometimes I bring Doritos in there too.
0: (laughs) Although wet Doritos like are the most.
2: You put it on the rack. Yeah, yeah, but but I've gotten Doritos
0: wet before, and it's like so disappointing i'm just saying it's like from the highest to the lowest just just by adding water most of the time you know some water makes things fine yeah i'm about to drink some but
1: yeah uh oh i love uh taking a dip in the water i love that even especially when it takes your breath away just for a moment
0: whereas i hate that
1: i i hate that too do you yeah no i I love it or even just dipping your head in the water you can taste your sweat coming off your face and you're just, oh, that's so refreshing. That's what I fantasize uh,
0: Yeah, it's it's such a funny thing because um, as somebody who handles the cold (laughs) well, like I like winter winter mountain climbing, like some of my best stories are these epics of fighting against the gale force winds and the blizzards and the, you know, I can barely see, you know, my hand in front of my face and all that kind of thing, right? It's cold. Cold as shit. (laughs) Jump into a cold lake, I just feel, like, fucking kill me.
1: We were in friggin' Near Hoover Dam, it was forty degrees. It was yeah. so hot, and, and, and we it was probably like
0: and the water was probably twenty five Celsius.
1: And I'm like, okay, oh yeah, water, yeah. yeah, and it's like hot, right? And She's like
0: <laughs> right in the water. Okay, aside from the fact that the he's beach like, was a bunch of jagged stones,
1: and he's like and Las like, Vegas,
0: I'm, anything around Vegas, like you know Lake Mead. Yeah, a it's not a lake; it's just a dammed up Colorado River. Um, same thing as Lake Powell. But secondly, uh, beach eat my ass that is not a beach <laughs> it's like let's just put a bunch of you, you figure out something in the las vegas area right you know they've got like fucking fountains over on the strip and yeah. they've got like an eiffel tower and roller Where's coasters yeah it's like a beach where it's like oh, ee, ah, ah ooh, ooh. you know like it literally is like the most jagged shit you could find
1: where are your shoes uh,
0: you know Yeah, I should have worn my shoes. Although, it was just before, a few hours before we were going on the plane. Yeah, yeah. Which is the
1: best. You get on the plane, you still have sand on you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she was wearing her bathing suit on the plane. Yeah
1: clothes on top but yeah. the point is that is carefree living and that was just amazing yeah
0: well i got back on the plane uh having not showered in 12 days
1: <laughs> that <was gross>. oh <laughs> no, oh, I no swam, you did i swam in the no. escalante
0: river and i swam in the uh like me that day like mead that day but i did not shower in 12 days i did have a fresh t-shirt to wear like my captain america like under armor stretchy shirt that i wore the entire trip uh because i find it ironic to wear captain america as a canadian when i go to the america uh like that was starting to smell like a bit of barnyard uh but I, actually i really to the truth when you're actually down in the southwest you don't get as stinky you don't no because it's like because of that dry it's heat dry
2: yeah it,
0: like it evaporates very quickly um,
2: yeah, like on the AT, I think there is mold growing on my clothes. Yeah, yeah, like so it's damp and rainy all the time.
0: Um, yeah. So we talked a little bit about gear. So is there any like one piece of gear that is like your favoriteest? Yeah, uh, you know, you tell people to go out and buy.
2: Well, for me as a woman, it's my pea style. I will never go on a trip without it because it just makes life so much easier. So P-Style is a stand-up pee device for individuals that do not have a penis. And there are different types of models like Shiwi and go Girl and these other ones. And they suck. They're not well designed. Uh, the P-Style is kind of like a funnel shape. So... our uh, like an open funnel shape. So if you really have to go pee bad, it's not going to back up and wet you like some of the other designs. Mm -hmm. It's always going to flow through and it's made out of a rigid plastic. So if you have a fly or you have a stretchy waistband, you can just kind of tuck it in there and pee just like a dude. You don't have to pull down your pants and get a cold bum or a bum bit by mosquitoes or other people seeing your bum. It's just very quick and easy. So I drink a lot of water when I'm hiking and I pee a lot and it saves me a lot of time and hassle Mm. especially in the like the desert on open ridges where there's no trees or rocks to kind of Mm. have some modesty i can just turn my back and go and it's much simpler and it's nice even when you're just regular traveling because the nasty bathroom on the plains or outhouses or wherever else you it's more hygienic Or when you're drinking Sorry, When you're going to the bar and drinking, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I
0: don't know. <laughs> you can pee in the sink just like a guy.
2: You could. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, alleyway. You know what? As long as I, you're I tall have, enough. I have, I, I have used it at men's <coughs> urinals before. So. Well, and just think, now yeah. all
0: of a sudden, ladies, it opens you up to uh, being able to pee in the parking garage uh, staircases. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> because... Why tree, should it? You know? Why should it just be guys that make like every parking garage smell like pee? Like ladies should be able to contribute <laughs> to that too. Uh, oh, yeah, that's nasty.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a simple little product, um, but uh, even even my mom uses it, and like my mom is not like an outdoorsy lady. But if if my mom can figure it out, anyone anyone without a penis can figure it out.
0: <laughs> that's, well,
2: well, people <laughs> be with penises don't need it
0: although it's like if you just keep peeing fear like you can you can do what, what is it called
2: the pee style
0: pee style so now if as those of us with penises uh if you had multiple pee styles then you could do like peeing inception like just keep peeing inside one inside another inside another inside another it be like, yeah Ooh. now can you can you like draw your name yeah um
2: well my name's sarah so it's four letters so yeah i could do it
0: yeah yeah like a full black yeah because that's that's really the benefit aside from not sitting on dirty toilet seats um although as a guy sometimes i am like actually earlier today i was you know playing some candy crush on my phone and i actually (laughs) sat to pee because that way you know it's hard to pee and play candy crush at the same time so you know uh don't judge Um, but then there 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 is that that whole you know benefit of you know being able to stand and pee um because now the all of the places you can pee that you couldn't pee before
2: yeah and including in your tent if it's if it's pouring you can cats you have a pee bottle yeah cats and dogs can you pull it off when
0: you're driving no no
2: no i don't need a pee bottle i can <laughs> just pee in a Ziploc with the pee style like when you know you i have like the heavy duty Ziploc yeah. for peeing and then i just dump it out in the morning
0: yeah oh, okay yeah that that shout out to ziploc yeah yeah ziploc (laughs) freezer bags
2: ziploc freezer bags
0: none of that walmart knockoff brand (laughs) shit like this has to be real ziploc you know with the dual seal Yeah. basically covered gear covered sort of why you do this uh you're going to be heading out within the next like i guess month or so
2: yeah the um, end of the month is when i go to curacao with my mom and aunt
0: It's funny, like a normal vacation trip. <laughs> it's like, eh, you know, eh. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, you'll have fun and everything, but but yeah. like, but, it, but it is, it's that kind of thing where you sort of go, well, yeah, like it's, you know, it's not a hike or it's not a this or that. You know, it's like the, sort of the weird jaded thing we get of like, you know, just going on, a, well, it's just, you know, Disney World. Like, you know, it's like, a, <laughs> greatest place on earth, but, you know, like I've been better. It's like... <laughs> You know, it's very touristy, very touristy. I, you know, going for the kid, but you know, <laughs> you know, I'm going to try to get my miles in. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, we 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 do become a little uh, uh, a little jaded in a weird way, where it's like, oh, that's nice. You know, <laughs> like when you hear people tell it, it's like <laughs> their stories about you know that thing that's it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good for you, good for you. <laughs> And it's like, and one of those deals where you, you or maybe this is, when I'm saying in the role you, but it's like, no, it's me. I'm an asshole. <laughs> 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 so let's just be honest here. But anyway, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for coming over. Uh,
1: Thanks for dinner. Hey, yeah. I'm glad you
0: enjoyed. It was good uh, having
1: you. If people want to support what you're doing, can they? And how do they do that?
2: Uh, they can check out my YouTube channel, which is... Uh, www.youtube.com and then Backslash. slash and then my name Sarah S A R A D H O O M A Sarah Duma. I have over 500 videos on there, from North Korea to Nepal to cool. my AT and PCT hikes.
0: Yeah, so thank you very much for coming out. This has been a super fun talk it's and been
2: awesome, uh, super
1: inspiring. I've never met anybody that's done as much hiking as you.
0: She get her but I'll remember that as
1: I'm crossing doing something challenging to you know okay pookie you can do it she
2: can do it i can do it maybe 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 that's
0: where i've been taking the wrong tack you know like i'm kind of like you know more like (laughs) (laughs) you can do it you know maybe maybe i like i gotta baby talk a bit more you know (laughs) so all right Anyway, if you guys want to see more details about Sarah, check out our website, livewildradio.com. It's where we have all of our, you know, what are the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the YouTubes. And you know how this shit works. It's the internet. And uh, so until next time, I'm Winston. And I'm Catherine. And this has been Live Wild Radio. Remember, get out. Get dirty. Eat out of a garbage can.